RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. Climate change and other environmental issues may not be at the forefront of your mind when you're dealing with any number of minor or major medical crises. But it might surprise you how much healthcare contributes to emissions. So says thoracic surgeon Dr Ben Dunn, who's taken up the mantle of raising awareness among fellows in the college. Dr Dunn says medical professionals can do their bit by, among many things, consciously reducing, reusing and recycling their equipment at work. He explains what he means shortly. First, a bit of background. Chris Ashmore asks Dr Dunn, who works at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, to fill him in on his career so far. Look, as you can probably tell from listening to me, uh, I'm not originally Australian. I'm Irish. I grew up in Dublin, went to medical school there and came out here to Australia, to Perth, actually, in 2009. Thought I'd be out for a year, planning to go back home to the basic surgical training program back in Ireland, but really loved it as soon as I arrived. And then was lucky enough to find some pretty exceptional mentors in Western Australia who guided me through those early years of training and helped me get onto the cardiothoracic training program. And then moved around a little bit more from there, spent some training time in Sydney and as well up in Brisbane, passed my fellowship exams in 2017, and then went overseas to Toronto for a couple of years where I did a dedicated thoracic and lung transplant fellowship. And then, yeah, about a little over a year ago, was lucky enough to get a position as a kind of a pure thoracic surgeon in Royal Melbourne Hospital. So I flew back in March 2021, right as COVID was kicking off, which was an interesting experience. Absolutely. Well, since COVID's kicked in, I suppose you haven't had the opportunity to travel anywhere. No, no, I haven't left. Uh, I think we got to Sydney for a couple of days once since then, but mostly we've been in Melbourne the whole time. But, you know, Melbourne's a pretty nice place to be. <laughs> ben, you're an advocate for environmental issues. At what point did you pick up the cause and start actively pursuing it as a career? Well, there wasn't really one particular inciting event that got me interested in kind of the environment in general and sustainability, particularly in healthcare. But really, over time, I've just become increasingly aware of climate change and the urgency required to address it as it is. It's going to be a significant issue for us, particularly in the healthcare field. My first few years, really, I spent a bit of time reducing my own contribution to climate change and my own personal carbon footprint. But really, very quickly, you start to see that it's a larger systemic issue. And once I finished my fellowship exams back in 2017, I actually had a bit more time to step back, think about it, read about it, and particularly learn about the impact healthcare has on climate change and, of course, the impact that climate change will have on healthcare. You know, it's probably not that well known, but healthcare is actually a very large contributor to our carbon dioxide emissions. In Australia, it contributes about 7% of our CO2 emissions which is somewhere between two and three times that of the aviation industry. And the aviation industry gets a pretty hard time for how much it's contributing. What are some of the things that the medical profession contributes to climate change and environmental issues? Well, unfortunately, just the nature of the work that we do is very energy intense and very resource intense, you know, in particular hospitals. They're big buildings, they're running 24 hours a day, they're kind of largely required to be kept air-conditioned the whole time. There's particularly areas like the operating theatres. On top of that, we go through a lot of stuff. The operating theatres is a great example of somewhere where there's just a lot of stuff used and everything that you use 
comes with a certain amount of carbon emissions that was used to produce that product, package that product, transport that product, and then to deal with the waste generated from it. And then on top of that, pharmaceuticals. You know, we know that pharmaceuticals itself contribute to kind of around 20% of the carbon footprint of healthcare. And there's a few big ticket items in that. Some of the anesthetic gases like desflurane and some of the inhalers as well. But across the board, those are the public healthcare system, particularly the hospital system, is very resource and carbon intense. Why do you think it's important then that surgeons and other clinicians become actively engaged in addressing climate change? Well, it's not, I mean, I spoke a little bit about how much our work contributes to climate change, but really the issue is how it will affect us. And it's going to have an enormous impact on how we can deliver healthcare. I mean, between the IPCC report that was out a few weeks ago and also the Lancet statements over two years ago now, it's really becoming clear that this is going to be the greatest public health threat of the century. It's difficult as it is to believe when we're in the middle of the pandemic at this point in time, but it's actually likely to have a greater impact on healthcare delivery than COVID. And we've seen how devastating that has been, not just to our own healthcare system in Australia and our ability to deliver surgical care, but healthcare systems around the world that have been much more uh, intensely affected. If you think about you know, the increasingly extreme weather events that we're going to see, Australia has already proven to be very vulnerable. We've known that we've had significant bushfires over the last little while, real smoke pollution as a result of that with, you know, approximately 400 excess deaths attributed to the smoke from the bushfires back in 2017. We've had more and more heat waves and we've had really dramatic heat waves across North America and Europe this year, as well as increased flooding, which we saw ourselves here in Australia. All those sort of things have, of course, have a direct impact on the health of the people that are affected by it, but then they also overload the healthcare system. And similar to what's happened with COVID, you know, that overloading of the healthcare system then has a huge secondary impact on our ability to care for surgical patients. So even though you may look at it as a surgeon and say these aren't, you know, surgical problems, it will certainly impact our ability to deliver surgical care over the next kind of decades. It can be daunting to think that an individual, any one of us, can do much about mitigating against climate change or environmental issues, but are there any practical ideas that um, surgeons can do or hospitals can do to reduce their carbon footprint? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more that it's very daunting. I mean, it's a huge international challenge, you know, but it doesn't mean that there aren't things that we can't do individually and at the level of the organizations of which we work that can really start to make a difference over the short, medium and then longer term. I mean, it's always easiest to start to think about what you can do with your own practice and in your own local environment. And really, I think the best place to start is to start in the operating theatre where we spend most of our time. The College of Surgeons has already put out some guidelines and some general pointers based around the five R's or the three R's, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. But the evidence has led us to see that really reducing the amount of things that we use is probably the most effective way of reducing the carbon footprint associated with the surgical care you're delivering. What do I mean when I say that? I mean, really, it's about, you know, from a surgical point of view, only opening things that you're definitely going to use for that particular case. You know, 
if you work in an operating theatre where they routinely open three trays worth of instruments, but you only really use the instruments that are on the first tray, occasionally the instruments on the second tray, and almost never the stuff on the third tray. Really, you just say, that, look, we'll just open the first tray of instruments. That way you've got, most cases, the other two trays won't have to get re-sterilized. And really, it's the emissions associated with the re-sterilization process that'll be saved there. So trying to reduce the amount of things that we go through, particularly disposables, that's a huge step that all of us can make and has an immediate impact on our carbon footprint. There's a lot of talk about reusing instruments as well, avoiding single-use items. And I think that's going to become more and more important and more and more helpful because you can only reduce so far. There's been a lot of controversy about whether reusing and re-sterilizing instruments really reduces the carbon footprint associated with it because the re-sterilization itself does have emissions associated with it. But as we can see that we're all moving towards a greener kind of electricity grid and moving away from fossil fuel driven power to most of our hospitals, that's actually going to become more and more emissions friendly to reuse and sterilize equipment rather than kind of going through things that are single use. Moving outside of the operating theater, the rest of your practice, be it in the clinic or be it on the ward, it's really about, in my mind, efficient use of resources, similar to reducing the amount of equipment that you open in theater, reducing the amount of tests you might order preoperatively, slimming it down to really what's essential, and the same things to reducing the amount of tests that your ward patients go through postoperatively, you know, preventing that routine where every patient gets bloods done every single day for no particular reason. But then when you start to think outside of your own practice, there's really a lot of things you can do. And I think that's where we can play a really, really important role because as surgeons, we're respected and seen as sort of natural leaders in most of our hospital environments. And you can set up a little committee in operating theatres, make sure you get buy-in from the other stakeholders there. You've got to have the nurses on board. You've got to have the anaesthetists on board. You've got to have your theatre techs on board. And that's about, again, reducing what things get opened and recycling or reusing as much of it as you can. On a broader scale with your hospital, I think the two ways to engage are to try to get an audience with your executive and make sure that sustainability is on their strategic agenda for the organization as a whole. I think more and more they're realizing that environmental sustainability really goes hand in hand with financial sustainability because a lot of the stuff that we advocate being done actually saves the hospital money. And the other thing that's enormously helpful is getting a sustainability officer in your hospital okay, and getting the hospital to fund someone who will do the data collection on your kind of CO2 emissions, how your waste is handled. You know, a lot of this stuff in Victoria is mandatory that this is reported and sometimes this reporting is outsourced, but that money can be used to fund a full-time sustainability officer in the hospital to not only collect and report on the data, but also help run projects to improve sustainability across the hospital. There's lots of things we can do to sort of improve how we deliver healthcare, you know? And those are just things that you can do as an individual surgeon. Really, if you want to take it to the next level and try to advocate more broadly, and there's a number of different channels you can take that through. I mean, the College of Surgeons has a sustainability and surgical practice working group, which I'm a member of, which is chaired by David Fletcher, which is excellent. And anybody who's got an interest in this should certainly get in touch and get involved. There's a number of other environmental organizations, and there's Doctors for the Environment Australia, who've always been strong advocates, as well as the AMA. And you're always able to you know, advocate with your local politicians, try to push for change at a higher level. Dr. Ben Dunn. 
RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.